0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, one and all, gather from far and near. It's Thursday, August the 12th, 2021, Dad here. Had a great opportunity to meet a whole bunch of fantastic people yesterday in the city of Tampa, and in this episode, I'm going to expand on something that is business-related. I'm going to do it with a little bit of a twist. So before we get started, let me get a couple of things out of the way, and let's get going. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing and Longview Forecasting, practical forecasting for the busy professional and business owner.
1: The Paul Truesdell Podcast, general business and economic observations, individual wealth, tips, tricks, tools, or techniques. And things that made Paul raise his eyebrows, shake his head and purse his lips while taking a deep breath. Let's get started.
0: Yeah. So yesterday I had an opportunity to attend a couple of events, and the first one in the morning was with a group called West Shore Alliance. I really enjoy the West Shore group for a variety of different reasons, one of which you'll understand here in just a few moments. If you are a business owner anywhere in Sarasota, Manatee, Pinellas, Pasco, Hernando, even Marion County, go over to Polk County, anywhere in Hillsborough County, there is one organization you should absolutely, unequivocally, be on and to the exclusion of every reasonable doubt, consider being a member of, and that's the West Shore Alliance. Good people doing good things, and if you want to meet real decision makers, those who are not full of hogwash, yes, good old-fashioned hogwash. People that actually know what they're talking about. Oh, hogwash. Instead of doing these networking organizations where it's all about just, you know, the same 10 people. STP, same 10 people. If you want to avoid that nonsense, you want to join the West Shore Alliance. I don't make anything for this. It's just my opinion. Feel free to give me a call if you want to know more about it because they are the real deal. I'm going to talk potentially about a couple of companies, but before we do that and get into our unique presentation today, this is a unique presentation. This episode is going to be kind of cool and um, well, I'll let you be the judge, but I think it will be. Let me get the disclaimer out of the way and then we're going to get started. Due to Paul's extensive holdings and that of his clients, you should assume that he and his firms have a position in all companies discussed and that a conflict of interest exists. By listening to this podcast and using this website in any manner, you understand the information presented is provided for informational purposes. Nothing said, written, or otherwise communicated in any form should be construed as an offer, recommendation, or solicitation to buy or sell a security.
1: do solemnly swear. I will support, protect and defend the Constitution and enforce the laws of the government of the United States, the state of Florida, and the city of Tampa. I will observe and abide by all orders and regulations prescribed by my superior, the government and administration of the department, and I will always conduct myself honorably, honestly, and I will avoid all activities that could be viewed as conduct on becoming a police officer. I will perform my duties fearlessly, impartially, and I will well and faithfully perform the duties of a police officer on which I am now about 10. So help me God
0: kick the streets, stay warm and enjoy the wind off the bay. So you're working as a police officer in the city of Tampa and it's in the first few years of the 1980s and it's midnight. You're working in a zone called Edward 5 in the city of Tampa in District 1. Now you've come down from up north as a police officer and you know what it's like to walk a beat along Lakeshore Drive and have the wind blow off of Lake Michigan. In the winter, it's cold, it's humid and man, it will drive you nuts. But here's the thing. You are the perfect poster boy for working District 1. District 1 is the district that has, well, most of the good businesses, most of the higher caliber people, those who are employers, those who, well, make things happen. District 2 is a little rougher. Oh, District 2 has Bush Gardens and has the port and a few other things, but District 1 is really where it happens. You've got the downtown Davis Island. You've got this thing called Hooker's Point. It's just a piece of dirt sitting out there in the bay. One day somebody might come along and develop it and make it into something. One day they might. Hmm. They might call it, I don't know, maybe like Harbor Island or something like that. Well, somebody will come up with an idea. But you're working midnights. You get on the job at about 7.30 at night and you're going to get off the job at six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning rather. You work a 10 and a half hour day, then you work or first day is an 11 hour day and then you have a couple 10 and a half hour days. You work four days on, three days off. You work Friday for Saturday and Saturday for Sunday which means well you're working Friday nights you see when you go into work early for your 11 hour shift on Friday you're actually working for Saturday because the majority of your time is Saturday but what you're doing is you've got most of the bars in your area you've got a hellacious amount of tourists I mean you've got the stadium you've got a lot going on yeah you've got a, a lot you've got areas that aren't so nice you got areas that basically are like the hood and then you've got the well you got tourist areas You've got all the fancy restaurants. You've got all the nice hotels, and so you've got to be a chameleon. You're tall. You're fit. Oh, hell, you're just a pretty boy. So, West Shore, that's a pretty nice area. It's an up-and-coming area. In fact, they just recently built a Marriott at the corner of West Shore and Cyprus. Go figure. City of Tampa, finally, after all these years, got a Marriott. Go figure. Well, things do change. With that brings a lot of people who want to party and, well, people get stupid and, well, you got the Holiday Inn down the street. and You got confettis, which is the bar that everybody's going to. My God, a damn city doesn't ever go to sleep. So, here's the thing. You got all the bars. You got all the things going on. I mean, it's a pretty good time, right? It's a pretty good time. But, in reality, you've got a lot on your shoulders. A lot of stuff happens on a regular basis. The department. The city of Tampa is located in Florida. It's off the bay between uh, Pinellas County, which is a spit of land, a peninsula that goes into uh, the bay. And you got Tampa Bay, and when the wind comes off in the winter and it's, oh, about 30 degrees below freezing... You know if it's below 32 it's freezing when you got that humidity it's it's nasty out there anyways tampa is now about to be discovered in the late 70s people with money into the 1980s began to go you know what this old town which is known as being crooked mobbed up yep there's some real opportunities here and there's a change there's a real good change going on and so yeah people are beginning to come down people who have a variety of different backgrounds and they're sniffing around they're figuring out the lay of the land they're development coming. People are quietly buying land, and, well, it's funny how you can put people in different positions, not only in government and business, but basically they're out gathering data, something that sometimes people figure out after the fact. Yeah! District 1 and District 2 are the two districts in Tampa. Tampa Police Department is located at 1710 North Tampa Street. It's a building that was built. It's pretty darn cool. It used to hold the traffic courts. Jail used to be there. Boy, it used to be quite the the, the center for everything. The jail's no now over on Morgan Street, just as you're about to get on to the interstate downtown. That's known as central booking. That's where we're going to be going later on today. Oh, hell, in District 5, or in District uh, in Zone 5 for District 1, you make a lot of arrests. You have an opportunity to make a lot of arrests. You have not only calls that are violent, but you have tons of drug calls. You have tons of people who are driving like maniacs. You're going to investigate some of the worst traffic fatalities that you will ever see. It's a hot area. People think there's nothing going on, but yeah, there's a lot going on. People sometimes just don't realize it. But there's uh, animosity between District 1 and District 2, even though everybody's located in one building. Why? Because eh, the District 2 was located on one side of a hallway, and they had their rooms. District 1 was on the other, and that hallway was like the DMZ. District 2 was rough. There was no doubt about it. You had the majority of the housing projects, but those guys in District 2 oftentimes thought that District 1 didn't have any housing projects. <laughs> Little did they know, they didn't understand what went on in Rembrandt and West Tampa, the West Tampa Housing Project. there were some hell of a shootouts in there years ago. But 22nd and Lake, that whole area, pretty nasty, pretty damn nasty. Those places were rough. So you had a different mindset between the two districts. Of course, in District 1, the pretty boys needed to say yes, sir, no, sir, because, well, you had people living in Hyde Park and Culperth Isles and different places. You kind of had to be nice to them. And again, you had people from Carowood and town and country. Carowood hadn't really been developed yet. It was just beginning to become something. Carrowwood in a place called Bloomingdale. Why anybody would go way out to Brandon and live in a place called Bloomingdale, out in the middle of nowhere. This is when, for example, when you left Tampa and you crossed basically uh, right around Highway 60 and 301, all the way to Plant City, you had two traffic lights, one at King's and one's at Kingsway. You had a Carey cattle farm next to a place where they were getting ready to build an interstate. There wasn't much out there, but man, out in the middle of nowhere, out in Orange Groves, somebody started buying up land. Like I said, people were beginning to figure out Tampa was the place you might want to go to. A lot of people with, well, they call them hedge funds now, started going out and buying land, buying places and putting things together. It takes time, not just a few years, but decades to kind of see a thing nurture and develop. So Carrollwood was just getting started. And some of those people were coming down, you know, down Del Mabry to uh, work in Tampa. It is what it is, what it is. So you got to make sure you got the right kind of people down there. And so you're going to hit the streets. You're going to hit the street with your double bubble. didn't have a light bar. You had one of those old-fashioned sirens, right? Those go, woo. You had a siren and you had a double bubble. What does that mean? You had a red light and a blue light and it simply rotated up there. That's all there was to it. You had your uh, spotlight that you had in your car and you had a Dodge Diplomat. 1979 Dodge Diplomat. Old Unit 172. That car was fast as grease lightning because you basically had it modified. You're not going to talk about that right now. Another day we'll talk about that. But old 1710 Tampa Street. Yep, those were the days. The zone. So you're working midnights. You're going to have a lot of fights for Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday are going to be a little bit chilled out. Of course, then you've got to go to court. You have preliminary presentation known as PP court. So you're always going to have a lot of overtime on Monday. And then you've got your three days off and you're going to be exhausted trying to recover. Let's talk a little bit about old Zone 5 on midnights. This is where it was. You got Kennedy Boulevard from Del Mabry all the way to the Bay. So you've got the Howard Franklin Bridge. Everything north of Kennedy Boulevard, West Shore Plaza, which is right now one of the most hopping and go-to places out there. It's a fairly recent mall, developed not too terribly long ago, and that's where everybody goes. It was a hot mall. There was also another mall called University Square Mall, but that was basically it. You had two malls. You had one over on the other side of town called Eastlake, but that thing was already getting kind of cruddy. It was uh, a place where, let's just say, less than desirables went to Eastlake Mall, and then you had university, which was kind of getting a little cruddy around the uh, university area, but the mall you went to, that was West Shore. West Shore had all the nice places. So you got all of Kennedy Boulevard north, and then you have Del Mabry. You got Del Mabry north, up to basically near the uh, the old stadium. Then you run Columbus Boulevard to the west. You've got the, uh, the airport. You've got the community college, but that's actually going to be in another zone. That's going to be in zone three. You've got the airport, and you got all the way out to the causeway. So then you run that all the way over to Clearwater, Pinellas County. It's a big area. In fact, there are going to be times when you're going to run so much, you're going to have to get gas, regas your vehicle up. Listen, you get into a chase, you start chasing somebody on I 75, 275 that is. You go up towards the airport, the damn fool then goes out on Highway 60, which is Causeway Boulevard. They're going out the causeway trying to go over to Clearwater, and you got a lot of distance you're going to cover. You're driving, oh, anywhere from 90 to 100, 110 miles an hour. These guys and gals that would oftentimes go to some of the hot bars that were developing along Franklin Street that used to be, well, Skid Row years ago. Some of these people would drive like maniacs, go over to Confetti's, which was the hot bar just north of Cyprus, on Cyprus, right there by uh, West Shore. Boy, they'd drag race those cars. They'd haul butt and, well, you'd have to chase after them. That's what you did back in the day. You'd burn up a tank of gas pretty quick. But the thing is, what you, what do you got going on? You got a lot, oh, yeah, a lot going on. You had a high school in the area. Near the high school, you basically had a single-family residential area. And in there, you basically had some homes that were not so nice. Probably shouldn't call it a ghetto, but it was. It was a lot of drug dealing back there. It was a no-go zone if you were a single-man unit. But you know what? You don't care. You're going to go back there and do what you got to do, and eh, whatever. Again, remember, you have that swagger. You're going to carry yourself. You're going to do what you got to do. Here's the key thing. Back in the day, some of the hottest clubs, like we said, nicest tourists areas. you were all in that West Shore area, and that was your area. And one of the things you were known for, you didn't back off. No, you didn't back off. You took it. Some damn fool would take their Corvette or Mustang or whatever they had. They could have had a Ferrari. They might have had a DeLorean. Oh, boy. That arrest you made on the DeLorean, that was something else, wasn't it? Did you have that DeLorean hauling butt out on, on the causeway? Eh, sometimes you kind of wound up in, I don't know, Clearwater. Then you've got a lieutenant. Oh, BB Balls. BB Balls was something else. Boy, he was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, and he'd be on the air screaming, hollering, trying to get you to stop. And yeah, it was fine. You had your connections, he had his, but uh, you always seemed to win those win those wars over old BB balls. The guy probably never did a made an arrest in his damn life, but he sure did have a way of breaking things up and causing a problem. So you chase people and you drag them back. You do what you got to do. You're doing what you got to do the weather. So you're working and it's cold. Man, it's below freezing. It's probably about 30, 29, 28 degrees. Wind is blowing off the bay. And uh, this ain't like up north. You see, when you worked up north, you had a leather jacket. You had uh, things like leather gloves. You had moutons. You had things like, well, long underwear. You had scarves. If you're walking uh, Bayshore and you're walking lakeside, rather, uh, Lakeshore Drive and the wind's blowing off of uh, the uh, Michigan, Lake Michigan, man, it, it, it was cold. You know, you walk from one call box to another occasionally you called the zone car and got in and warmed up you know it was it was a different type of law enforcement down here these damn fools they issue little tiny windbreakers and call them <laughs> Winter jackets, I mean, the pants are no different. They're just made out of them nylon things. Hell, if you took a match, they'd all burn up and melt on your skin. There's no warmth on that. Man, it was terrible. Now, obviously, this is Florida. You don't get that very often, but when it comes, man, it's terrible. When you're out in that causeway, it's rough. You have a few friends that come down from your agency up north, and they do a ride-along with you, and if you catch them during the winter, which, remember, they're coming down for that warm weather, and then they ride with you on midnights, and they go, holy crap, it's cold as all hell down here. Man, it's as bad as it is up north. Yeah, welcome to Florida, man. It's the wind—I didn't know that. Well, just stick around during the day. It'll warm up. It'll be fine. But it is what it is. What it is. And so tonight, it's cold. It is cold. Not much going on out there. It's below freezing. And uh, again, you're miserable. And you have got to you got a call. You got to handle a few things. Not a lot of calls. Most people are sleeping. But there is a few things you got to get done tonight. The call. you get a call. You get a call going to the Admiral Benbow. Now, the Admiral Benbow is a hotel just north of Cyprus on West Shore. Okay, so. Kind of a goofy looking place. it has got a, an admiral. Looks like he's some kind of an English admiral. Admiral Benbow. You get a call, and the call comes out that there's somebody trespassing at the hotel. Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You see, when you go and work Zone 5, Old Edward 5, and you go on Cyprus Street, you go under the the overpass that was written, built so that you could get out to the causeway and up to the airport. That whole area is basically undeveloped. Now, developers are beginning to build some businesses back there, but that's the old Sheldon Farm. It was an old cattle farm. Sheldons were great people. Senator Sheldon was a really nice guy, but it was undeveloped. And back there, there was, well, basically Hobo City. So now just think about this. In this one area, you've got, well, the new Marriott is being built. You've got some nice hotels this is the up-and-coming area it's the Austin centers are developing it's fantastic the Admiral Benbow is a nice place you've got all the high-end strip clubs go out to the causeway you got Joe Redner's you got the uh, Tango Lounge out there you've got uh, Mons Venus you got the 2001 Space Odyssey I mean you got that you've got all of the hookers on Del Mabry more hookers on Del Mabry between Kennedy and Columbus and anywhere else you got a really weird group of people that are there and then you got all the tourists and of course you have the causeway and the causeway has well it's basically where the poor people go to go to the beach it's got all the mangroves there's really no development out there there's a road out there called rocky point and it has a place called crawdaddy's and crawdaddy's is a restaurant kind of cool and then there's an office building out there and a parking lot parking garage that's it that's all that's out there then there's a the shrine Shriner's built a little building out there other than that there's well there's joe redner's place you got the Tango. A lounge. You got a restaurant out there and, uh, you know, bikers. Oftentimes you'd have to settle the bikers, have fights out there. Yeehaw. But it was just uh, a damn straightaway. Not much out there at all. That's what you had to deal with. Then you got all the people who, uh, well, they're they're coming to town and they need to take a potty break. And you had the blue pavilions and, well, the blue pavilions were oftentimes used by uh, men who enjoyed other men. They enjoyed the company of other men in a public restroom. Yeehaw. Going out there, you see the cars you see the guys loitering you have to chase them out and get the hell out of here do whatever you want to do just don't do it in a public restroom every once in a while you get a call having to go out there because a tourist lost their mind because they went in with junior and junior got to see lots of little peepees doing lots of little things that nobody wants to really see oh well it is what it is what it is people just kind of are unique sometimes <laughs> But that's your zone, man. You've got a big-ass zone. You've got commercial areas. You've got uh, strip centers. You've got strip joints. You've got all kinds of people. Just south of you is a place called Culperth Isles. Ooh, that's where the owner of the Buccaneers lives. So yeah, they got to go back and forth. There's a lot of pressure on you to, well, be a diplomat and be a hard-nosed SOB. And boy, on midnights, on Friday and Saturday nights, it <laughs> seems like the whole damn world dropped on you. But you get this call to the Admiral Benbow, trespassing. Eh, whatever. You pull up. You you pull up under the portico, you walk in, you got those double sliding doors, walk up to the night clerk and say, uh, you called? What you meet is an obnoxious human being. This is a pain in the ass human being. Now, here's the thing. You got a call of a trespass and they tell you that you got somebody up by the pool. Okay, what's going on? And the response is, do your job. <laughs> I'll be happy to do my job if you tell me what's going on. So for some reason, the person who is the lady who's at the front counter is, well, she's a pita, pain in the ass, right? She doesn't like you. I'd have never met her before. She's in her 50s, mid 50s, maybe working on towards her 60s. Probably doesn't really want to be working. More than likely, she's probably divorced. She's got a chip on her shoulder. Hates men. Will you come walking in? You no, know, remember, you're like six foot two, weigh up 215 pounds, dark hair, mustache. You know, you're the poster boy and you're handling things. You still work out. Yeah, you look good. Got that police vehicle out there. You know, that's a cool vehicle. A 1979 Dodge diplomat with double bubble on top. My God, thinking back on what those look like today, it's almost damn embarrassing. But that's the way it was back in the day, right? You walk in and you just do your job. Hmm. Miss Attitude needs a new attitude. So you look at the clerk and you go, look, lady, I don't know what your problem is. I don't know who you are. You called me, but before I go and find out what's going on, can you give me some idea? And all she does is say, do your job. I got trespassers out by the pool. Okay. You do realize it's freezing outside. Is the pool open? They're out there. Get rid of them. Yeah. Okay. So you basically give her a good stink eye. Tell her what you think. and she says she's gonna call down and complain on you okay it won't be the first it won't be the last and you basically tell her to kiss your free white ass you're done with this stuff unbelievable right you got people that call you and then they say you're just a piece of meat do your job hey you're just a security guard get out there doesn't work that way sweetheart doesn't work that way yeah but there's a problem out there so you walk out you walk out by the pool it's cold who in the sam hell would be out by the pool? Nobody. There's nobody out there. Not a damn person. So you walk around and you, well, we'll check the sauna. You walk over by the sauna. It's a small little box, not very big. You walk over and open the door. Holy crap, what do you see? Big Goonie. Big Goonie is about, oh, maybe six foot six. He looks like that guy in that movie Goonies. Hey, you guys! Except he's got hair like the wild man from Borneo. Big SOB. Ugly son of a gun. Looks like he got hit by a Mack truck and took it full force right in the face and uh, didn't heal so well. Big Goonie then looks at you and basically you step back and go, (gasps) because you literally have tinkled your drawers. Big Goonie's a big son of a bitch. I mean, and he is dirty filthy ass dirty in the humidity from that sauna man it's like green slime and goo dripping off his beard his wild man hair his eyebrows it could be plucked well his eyebrows could probably take at least four hours at the best shop in the world and they still have to do some work on it this guy has got pop marks they've got he's got probably actual vegetation growing out of the pop marks on his face i mean he is filthy there is nothing that's going to do this guy needs a pressure wash. He needs a dunk tank. But Big Goonie isn't the only one in there. So once you get yourself squared around, Big Goonie, of course, closes the door on you, and he's, he's holding the door. He's holding the door closed. You can't get it open. So what do you do? You tell him, get the hell out of there. Get out of there, town Police Department. Get right out of here. But Big Goonie's holding on, and you hear all these other voices inside. Now listen. Wait a minute. How in the hell do you have more than just a couple people in this sauna? Now I get it. It's cold. The winos a homeless from the old Sheldon Farm, and they got cold, so they started crawling around. They've been doing this for years. They go into the restroom at the Texaco. They go in the restroom at the, oh, over by the, uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, The Phillips 66 and all the other stations. They they even break into some of the businesses along Kennedy Boulevard. They're cold. Oh, you think, oh, there's places for the homeless. No, there's not. Not in those days. Nobody had anything like that. Maybe up north they did that, but you didn't have that down here. What they did is they broke into cars. Of course, damn fools in the West Shore area leave their cars unlocked, and the homeless would get in there, steal whatever they could steal steal a few coins and then you come out after you're a janitor and you get into your car in the morning like holy cripe it smells like an outhouse from hell in here of course that's a burglar of an automobile and you got to write those things up so you have a crime problem there it is what it is you wouldn't think so but you got all these guys i mean they're packed full of people in the outhouse well what do you do well there's a couple things you can do you can tell them what you're going to do to them but you know what you sit back and say hey guys tell you what we're going to begin macing you through the vent hole here, and uh, we're going to keep the door shut, and you can have Ohio time there with all that humidity, all that stink, and all that mace. That or get your GD, you know what, out of here now. <laughs> yeah. So what do you got? You literally have a clown car. Well, it's a clown sauna. Not one, not two, not just Big Goonie. Big Goonie could have been in there by himself. That guy was a big SOB. But you got not five, not six. You wind up having 10 people in a sauna that's designed for maybe two or three. And they stink. Oh my God, do they stink. Well, you got to do something with them. I guess the question is, what are you going to do? Now What? Yeah, so now what are you going to do? Well, you know that clerk uh, up front, uh, boy, she was a real pita. Pain in the rear end. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Instead of walking Big Goonie and all his friends out along the side up to the front, we're going to walk them through the the hotel. There's always a way to get even with people who give you an attitude. And we're going to walk them, and we're going to have them stand right in front of the clerk because she's got to give them a trespass warning. Now, you see, you got a problem. What what are you going to do with these people? Now, I think about this. It's cold. It'd be nice to have a night where you don't have to bust your hump doing a bunch of things. But if you cut these guys loose, you could kill them. They're sopping wet. All of their clothes, hair, everything about them, and it's freezing out. You cut them loose, they're just going to find some place else to go. They're going to break into cars. They're going to break into businesses. It's going to be ugly. If they drop dead, well, that's on you. You know that that ain't gonna fly. So you got to make a decision. Oh, well, we could take them to detox, but they're not drunk. That's not what detox is for. Detox is for drunks. Anyways, detox is always filled. When it's winter and it's cold, it's always filled. You could always baker act them, but that's just an abuse of the system. They're not nuts. Although you can make a, well, you could say they're they're nuts. I mean, you could. Now, it's probably something that the Red Cross could deal with, right? I mean, the Red Cross, they come out for, for people like this. They handle disasters. <laughs> oh, hell no. Red Cross doesn't have anything for stuff. Stop- like this? I mean, there is literally nothing. What are you going to do with these people? You've got 10 hobos. They're all low IQ. Their brains have been fried with alcohol and drugs. They couldn't punch their way out of a wet paper bag, but they damn sure knew how to find a sauna at their Admiral Benbow, one of the nicer hotels at the time in the West Shore District, an area that they don't take kindly. They They don't cotton to this sort of thing. What are you going to do? Well, there's only one thing you're going to do. You're going to take them down to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. You're going to take them to Morgan Street, and you're going to book them for trespassing. So you're standing there by the pool, and they're just dripping... Uh, sludge and crud everywhere And you think to yourself You know that dickweed clerk Clerk up front Let's fix her good So like like you thought You're going to march them through the hotel And you're going to have them all stand in front of the clerk And the clerk's going to verify that None of them are, uh, are guests And um, you're going to make sure That you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's Because you know by God We're going to enforce the law To the letter of the law So you march goonie a oh, big goonie Goonie and his nine friends, and the clerk loses her cookies. She is screaming and hollering, and you just stand there and let her call. Just let her lose it. Finally, you tell her to shut the F up. Now, here's what we're going to do. Did you give this gentleman permission to be here? Is he a guest? And you then walk it through each of the people. Big Goonie. And you remember, they're snotting, they're sniffing, they're scratching themselves, they're dripping their goo everywhere. It's a sight to behold. If only they had cameras that could take pictures back then. You know, you got a Polaroid in the trunk of your car. That's the only way you can take pictures. Other than that, you have your 35 millimeter. But boy, it should have been nice if you had a some type of a camera that could take a picture of this. This is a sight to behold. Boy, unbelievable. So anyways, old Big Goonie, he's there. And nope, nope. And she she loses it. I didn't leave anything. blah, blah, blah. Get him out of here. Oh, man, we got to go through this whole thing. So old Big Goonie and his friends are warming up. It's nice in there. They're getting comfortable. One makes a way to sit down in one of the chairs. <laughs> Don't do that, We. Want to do that? City doesn't want to buy a chair. It gets this stand here. So now you got ten of these uh, wonderful people. Hmm. What are we exactly going to do with them? What are we going to do with them? Well, you sit back and you say to yourself. I'm going to have to transport them. I'm going to have to transport them to central booking. Well, that clerk decides to make a phone call. And you go ahead and you walk out and you have all those fellows standing there in between the sliding glass doors. Of course, every time they move, they keep opening and closing. But they're going to be a little bit chilly, but they're going to be a little bit warm. And as those doors open, there, nice aroma is going to flow into that clerk. <laughs> There's always a way to fix those who need a good attitude adjustment. Miss Attitude gets the rammy. So you decide you got to get a, another unit. We'll talk about that next. And before the other unit gets there, because you can't transport all these guys yourself. And, and Tampa used to have paddy wagons. Of course, they stopped using them for whatever reason, and they're all basically broken down. So now we're using squad cars with plastic shields or metal mesh to divide the officers from the bad guys in the back. But you only put two people in the back. <laughs> Nah, two people. Yeah, you sit back and go, we're not going to do that. We're going to We're gonna do clown car day. And as you've got the guys in the uh, portico there, your sergeant comes up. Your sergeant's a fellow by the name of Art Romaglia. Now, oh, Art's a great guy. This is the greatest sergeant in the history of the world. He's a sergeant's sergeant. you do anything for this guy. He's a big German, big barrel chest. He's a little bit light on the top with hair, smokes like a fiend. He comes in and, well, what you got? You describe. You say, I got nothing else I got take them downtown yeah you do well she called down and she's ready to holy hell with everybody about you and us and everyone in the world and well sarge enjoy meeting that pain in the ass i hope you enjoy her so while you're standing there taking your sweet time because the sweet aroma of well big goonie and his friends just keeps wafting in well old sarge he gets a lip from miss pita <laughs> you didn't want to do that to artie Artie came un glued If you want to know what hell looks like, you just look in the face of Art Remagli when he blew his top at you. He turned beet red. He looked like a tomato, about ready to explode. His chest was big, and it'd get even bigger, and he'd take a cigarette with one drag and go from the tip to the bottom of the filter. Boy, he just lost his cookies. You're going to learn a week or so later that Miss Pita called down to internal affairs, complained on everybody, but it was handled. Nobody gave a rat. Apparently, Miss Peta had a reputation and, well... Let's just say there are people who will do things like come into work early and make sure they talk to management and tell management what she's like, and, well, she lost her job. It is what it is what it is. So you're just chilling out. You're chilling out with Big Goonie and his friends wafting their stink into the Admiral Benbow. You, you, no, no, not another clown car. So you got a guy, he works a zone next to you, Zone 7. We'll call him Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo gets a call for a Signal 54, a backup. Yo-Yo pulls up and goes, oh, no, man, not another one. Not another clown car transport. You look over at Yo-Yo and say, yeah. Yo-Yo says, there's no way we're going to get these 10 in my car. You say, no, yeah, we're not going to do that. I'll take half, you take half. Now, Yo-Yo's a great guy, curly-haired guy, looks a lot like you, big, tall guy. Yo-Yo says to you, Dude. That big mother there is big enough for just by himself. So you say, yeah, I know. We're just going down to Central. We'll jump on the interstate. We'll jump off on Ashley Street. We'll drop in on Morgan. Not a big deal. So what you wind up doing is you stack them in like sardines. You got Big Goonie and three of his friends. And then you got six literally stacked like sardines in the back of your marked vehicle. And unfortunately, they stink to holy high heaven. You turn on your overhead double bubbles. You tell yo-yo Follow me. We're going code down to, to Morgan because if you stay in your sled much longer—that's what you call your police car—a sled—you could literally die from noxious odor. You got the window down, and you're freezing Goonie and his friends. I mean, it's bad. It's ugly ass bad. Now you've got a can of Lysol. You could spray the hell out of the car as you're going down, but then you got to smell the Lysol fumes. It's—it's it's a no-win situation. Your eyes are watering. Your nose is watering. Not because it's cold because Big Goonie and friends stink to high holy hell. Yeah so you get down to center booking, and the guy who is in charge of booking, a, a young lieutenant, good-looking guy, tall guy like you, looks at you and said, not again. Only you can bring them in by the bushel baskets. Book these guys. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. You can do what you got to do. So the correction officers start coming out. You've got the gangway, and any other officer, trooper, deputy, anybody there is like, yeah, step out of the way. Let's get these guys out here because it's, it's bad. I mean, these guys are still leaking body fluids and dirt. And everything else, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. The worst thing you can imagine is what uh, the Goonie transport was all about. Clown car Goonie time, unbelievable. That was one of those days when you wish you had old Samurai uh, Sam. Maybe Samurai Sam could have cut them up and diced them up, and put them in the trunk. It was bad. So you say to yourself, "Listen, dude, this is what I had to do. This is why they got nowhere for them. They're going to freeze." He said, "I get it. You know, we're always the place of last resort." And what do you wind up doing? You put them in. They're going to hose them down. Get them a meal as soon as. It warms up, out the door they go. New set of clothes to go out and do whatever they got to do. At least they're not going to be in your area for a while, right? Yep. Lieutenant says, We're always a place of last resort. No big deal, man. It's cool. Then he says to you, Bet you got no hookers coming in tonight. You see, you've developed a talent for street prostitution. You've been awarded some pretty nice gigs. Pretty much the chief gave you carte blanche. to do whatever you want to do, just get rid of those hookers off Dale Mabry. As long as it's legal and you don't have to put them in the bay, bury them, just get rid rid of them, you've got card blanche. <laughs> oh BB balls, your nemesis. He hates you for it because literally you're working directly for the chief. Just get rid of these peeps. The only people that know that is your sergeant and you and the chief and everybody else is pretty well on the down low. They don't know what's going on. Your major knows that, but you've been given card blanche to just get rid of these people. But you gotta handle your calls. Tonight Big Goonie and Admiral Benbo. You gotta make some fast decisions. Yeah, no, you tell Lieutenant there ain't no hookers out there. Oh hell even cats out there because (laughs) the mice are frozen it's cold and he says yeah tell me about it all talk, no real action. So, Yo-Yo goes back to his zone. You go back to your zone. You're patrolling. You're doing what you gotta do. And that's what law enforcement's all about. These are the kind of things that you know that people don't know what goes on. And then you get people who, well, they tell everybody that cops are racist. Cops hate homeless people. Cops have no compassion for anybody. And you know that some damn news reporter's likely to get a hold of this and see that you booked 10 homeless people into jail for trespassing. Reporter could pick up the phone and talk to the, well, that pain in the ass clerk and write an article and basically say that you are just a rotten human being. They should run you off the job. Yeah. Here's the problem. You know, and all the guys and gals working the street know, there's nothing out there for these people. You gotta look at the circumstances. You gotta make a decision now. You have people who don't really have any compassion. You see, you can sit back and reflect on things, but you don't have that time. You've gotta make a call right now. Can't take them to W.T. Edwards in the juvenile area, you know. they got nice facilities there. The old WT Edwards. Yep. Yeah. No, as for kids. Can't take them there. And none of these are kids. These are all grown adults. And one big goonie's a big SOB. Oh, hell, it could take him to the farm and let him look like a cow. Big son of a gun. Can't take them to detox. They ain't drunk. Can't take them and bakeract them. They're not nuts, although they probably are nuts. What are you going to do with them? There's no place for them. Can't take them to a foster home. <laughs> Red Cross. There's no natural disaster. Nobody's prepared for this stuff. You got to figure out something out. And so as a result, jails. Jails continue to be the dumping ground. And then you have these bleeding heart liberals who complain and carry on and say, we're doing something wrong. We're all doing something wrong. Well, if you've got a solution, how about making some money for us to put these people in when conditions like this take place? (laughs) That would be too easy, wouldn't it? all talk, no real action. And that's what's going on. A lot of talk. No real action. If you talk to people who are actually on the street who knew what's going on, they could tell you. There needs to be a place for homeless people. Now, it's a problem, and we can't have it in this nice area. No reasonable city. Oh, the city, some of the mayor, the city council, all the business people, they don't want Big Goonie and his friends around them. Not one way, shape, or form. So you've got issues, but you've got to do it in such a way that you're not going to kill Big Goonie. I mean, that would he, nobody wants do that it's a real problem it's a real problem and it's always been a real problem The conclusion. So you see, one of the things in life, whether you're in business or not, always remember never forget. Sometimes doing it right is wrong. Sometimes when you do the wrong thing, it's the right thing. Sometimes there's no right and there's no wrong. But always remember never forget that your sweet bippy, somebody's gonna sit back and second guess you. Oh yeah, the second guessers. They're gonna say, Well, you should have done something different. You weren't there. I have limited resources, time. I have a limited amount of aggravation and money to to spend. I don't have have an unlimited budget from the city. I got to do what I got to do. I got to figure it out and get it done and keep on moving. But you see, the solution is always the easiest. You know that keep it simple. Simple works better. You have to move on to the next adventure. That's all there is to it. But then you got these people. Ah, you got these people. People who, well, they like to sit back and reflect. They like to sit back and reflect on what you're doing. They always got an opinion of what you're doing. You see, a supervisor has a little bit more time to be reflective. And then as you move up the rank, lieutenants and captains and majors, assistant chiefs, even the chief, even the mayor, they have weeks and months to reflect. Oh, hell, they could say you did something wrong and take a year to come back and burn you. Yeah, that's the way it works. A lot of these people haven't done law enforcement, if ever, their entire career, but they're going to sit back and make judgment on you for something you've got to do right now with limited if no resources. Then some dumbass attorney is going to sue you because you took people to jail who probably shouldn't have gone to jail. You charge them with trespassing, although they've been arrested for trespassing and God knows what more times than Carter has pills. you got nowhere else to take them. If you let them go, they could freeze to death. Is that the right thing to do? No. But you wind up charging with trespassing. It's a good charge. You can charge them with disorderly conduct. You can charge them with being a public nuisance. The key thing is you memorize the statutes. You know them inside and out. You know that maintaining a public nuisance applies not just to a business or a building, but also to a person. You protected yourself. You got to be a street lawyer. If you're going to be a good cop, you got to be a street lawyer. You got to know it inside and out, forward and backwards. You drill for skill. But yeah, you go to the Supreme Court. Those robed jackasses can take decades to make a decision that took you one fraction of a second to make. Yeah. So here's the thing. You sit back 40 years later and you start to think, I wonder if the society that we live in is ever going to. To get their act together. You wonder if society is ever going to get their act together. And eventually you say, you know what? I don't want to hear somebody say, you're fired. Instead, I think I'm going to dance out of here. With that, I'll be right back in just a few seconds. So now uh, you're me. And those are uh, things that I did. That's a little bit of a story that actually happened years ago. But I wanted to put you in the position of having to make that decision. What would you do? You see, a lot of people suffer from something called recency. They take whatever is going on today and they apply it to what went on years ago. You can't do that. You know, we have more people working as diversity officers at, at all these universities all across the land than we have people teaching history. Now, I find that appalling because if you don't know your history, you're destined to repeat it. Look at what's going on in some of your major cities, Los Angeles, San Diego. I met somebody yesterday who left California, specifically the San Diego area. It's turned into a shithole. My family has gone, I don't, have gone to Comic-Con, not to dress up and do that silly stuff, but to see the actors and actresses and the writers. My daughter's a writer and she really enjoys listening to the writers who write for movies and television and all that sort of thing. But they were done. They won't go anymore because the homelessness, the the, the urchins, the crud the gone on around Comic Con is terrible. They may go back if they clean it up, but these people I met left San Diego and basically we had a great conversation about how the air has gone to hell in a handbasket. We talked about San Diego. We talked about San Francisco. I talked about how the Wino took a dropped his pants and took a dump right in front of me and my daughter one day in the, in San Francisco when we did a lot of business out in Los Angeles. Talked about the homelessness by the vidocs. You get off the interstates everywhere. Downtown Los Angeles. It's just unbelievable. The solutions are pretty simple. It's complex. It's people that you got to really want to accept that these people are mentally ill. They have a low IQ. They're drug addicts. They're alcoholics. They have a short time horizon. They have to be told what to do, and you have to stay on top of them like flies on stink. But every libertarian in the world says, no, they have the right to do whatever they want to do. That's fine. Then let them do what they want to do in your house. The problem is there's not always a right or a wrong way to do things. There's no way to do it because the tide of society is against you. When you get in those kind of situations, you got to figure out what to do. So, cops today are fed up from border to border and coast to coast. Our nation is losing a lot of cops. They're, you're losing institutional knowledge that's never going to be regained. I know that from coming down to Tampa when there was a large number of men who were walking off the job, done with it. So, here's the thing. I've always said this. Sometimes, all of you who complain about what it's like to be a cop, you're always second guessing everything. I got news for you. Frankly, how about you just shut the F up? How about you actually go out and ride around and learn what's going on? And how about you quit complaining? Come up with some real solutions. Because the reality in life, if you believe in God or some higher power, or if you believe in Dr. Seuss and Horton Hears-a-Who, whatever you believe in, if you believe that there's a superior being out there, there's no doubt that that person has one hell of a sense of humor. Because there's no way that everybody's the same. Trying to treat everybody exactly the same, that don't work. That's like saying every car is exactly the same. No not true. So here's the thing. In business, if you think you could never be a cop, then you should never try to be self-employed. Because when you're self-employed, or if you're an employer, and if you're a business owner, if you become an entrepreneur or a visionary, you could be a cop. If you're successful in business, you could be a cop. If you're successful as a cop, you can be a successful business owner. Because the principles that go back and forth are utterly amazing. And I've said this once, twice, a thousand million times. I've said this over and over and over. My master's degree. Street is the best education I ever had. S T R E E T. You want to know how to do an investigation into a company for fraud? You want to be an expert witness against somebody for excessive trading or for suitability? You want to investigate a homicide? They're all the same. It's project management, it's maintaining your cool. And when people lose theirs, just smile because you know what? They're eventually going to burn out. Last man standing wins. This
1: has been the Paul Truestell podcast, sponsored by Fixed Cost Fund financial and long-view forecasting. For more information about fixed cost financial and long-view forecasting, visit the website for the conglomerate of Truesdell companies at truesdell.net, or call the corporate offices for the Truesdale companies at 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. All rights reserved. Woo! Woo!
0: Oh.